So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas this is my thing i know wow i don't know why we can't figure it out okay so. all right guys we're live wonderful yeah. well welcome uh luke and cat you guys oh we're sitting here with luke and cat of of course luke and cat photography. Uh, I'm Ben Hartley with Six Figure Photography, and this is going to be incredible. I am super excited to have these two beautiful and wonderful and amazingly positive and encouraging people uh, with us today and uh, letting us uh, in on on some some knowledge. They're going to school us a little bit. And I'm excited. Pressure, you guys. We're excited too. <laughs> well, I just want to start. I want to hear more about you two and just uh, how you got started into this whole crazy thing called photography, and specifically like wedding photography, right? Tell us more about that. Well, our backstory is that we both grew up showing cattle in 4-H and FFA, which is really interesting now because I think people like generally see my haircut and they're like, that girl has held a cow pooper scooper before? And I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> Anyway, we grew up showing in 4-H and FFA, and then I'm from Texas, where we live now. Luke's from Indiana. We met at a cattle show in South Dakota back in 2004, and um, then, like, thanks to Facebook and MSN Messenger, like, yeah. we, we actually, you know, we fast-forwarded to somewhere close to where we are today. Um, so, when we got married, like, every other member of my family that is a man, um, Luke started working for my family's cattle ranch. Yeah, and one of my jobs on the ranch was taking pictures of all of the cattle that were for sale. Well, Kat and I are super competitive people. We will flip a Monopoly board in a heartbeat if we think we're losing. Um, and we still like find random little like hotels around the house if we're like cleaning things from when we've gotten mad before. Um, but we wanted to learn to take the best photos possible of cows. It sounds very trivial now, but at the time we were like looking at everything we could on YouTube and we were asking questions to our wedding photographer mm -hmm. and all of these things we could do just to take pictures of cows. Um, and so since like Kat mentioned, I'm from Indiana, when I was out taking pictures of the cattle, I take pictures of random things like flowers or trees or like a tractor, like just stuff that was around me. Um, and we put that on this blog that we had, and this is before like every seven-year-old had a blog. Uh, <laughs> it was a great way to like keep in touch with my family up north, and I didn't have to like, you know, have like a group text message to everybody and be like, here's what we did today, or here's what's going on down here. So we put those pictures up, and then one of my buddies that I went to college with said like, he got engaged, and he's like, hey Luke, why don't you and Kat take our engagement photos? And I was like, Bryce listen, like, I don't know anything about people photos. Like, I can take pictures of cows or, like, a random dandelion, but people photos, like, no, we, we can't do this. He's like, just try it, and if it doesn't work, we'll find somebody else. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. So, again, Kat and I went into, like, major research mode, and we're trying to, like, figure out everything we could about people photos. Looking back, we really didn't know anything because it was the middle of August. We started at about noon which in Texas, it's about 212 degrees outside then. So it was so hot, we sweated through like every layer of clothing. It was a complete wet t-shirt contest by the end. <laughs> but some of the photos that we got were 
They're I don't want to say they were good for us at the time. We were really, really proud of them. They so, were really good for if looking back how little we didn't even know we knew. Like we didn't know come here from Sikkim. Man, I sound really Texas when I say that, but we didn't know we didn't even know what we didn't mm-hmm. know. And uh, we we did pretty good with that. So yeah. then naturally, I think so many people's stories unfold similarly. Once we posted those pictures. More people were like, take our pictures, take my family pictures. Um, people from our church were like, take our kids' pictures before we go back to school. Um, which the segue to weddings for that is we realized we didn't really like taking kids' pictures. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we learned pretty quick that like flower girls and ring bearers were about it for us uh, on kids. Um, but yeah, so we just started taking pictures of people we knew or that knew us, and it snowballed into me having to make the decision to either like say, hey, we can't do this photography thing because I have this job with Kat's family's business or walk away from the family business, which is super scary and start this own business, you know, this new business venture for us. Um, And that's what we did. And then Kat at the time was working as a graphic designer for a cattle magazine. Um, and then maybe six or eight months after I went full time, we had to make the decision again, are we going to hire somebody to help me with all this stuff that I'm doing or is Kat going to quit her job and we both work full time for ourselves, which is super, super scary because then there's no outside income and we're responsible for all of it. And there's some days when we're like, we have made the biggest mistake ever. Right. We were, I can remember whenever we were talking, cause I mean, Again, just like so many other people, we were spending so much time working round the clock, working my normal job, um, and it was just exhausting. And Luke was like, look, when we book, let's from today on, we book 12 weddings, you're going to quit your job. And I was like, okay, okay. So I have my little tally on like a notepad taped on my computer. And then when we booked that 12th wedding, I was like, ooh, I'm really supposed to quit my job now? And I, I was scared to do it, but... Um, when I, I had a, a really great boss that when I quit, he said, well, I always knew you were too smart to work for someone else your whole life. So I was like, well, thank you for saying that. And I mean, really, um, every year that goes by that I'm like, wow, it's been two years, three years since I quit my job. I can't believe that, um, it's been that long because I can remember thinking if we just can float for six months, we'll be great. But mm-hmm. here we are. And there was a couple of times where it was a little hairy. We're like, we need to book a wedding. <laughs> Right now, we have no clue what we're doing, but we need some money. Um, But really, that's one of the biggest things that I think has helped us kind of catapult us to where we are today is we knew we had to make it work. We couldn't rely on anybody else, so we had to find ways to make it work. Um, And we got creative a couple of times trying to figure out what it was that we were going to do to pay the bills. Um, But that's kind of how we got into wedding photography. Like Kat said, we shot every type of portrait session possible. We knew newborns were not it because little kids, while they look peaceful and sweet, they're not to photograph um, or they're not for us. Um, And then families and kids, that just wasn't something we jived with. So when we finally decided to specialize in weddings, that's all we did. And that's all we do now is weddings and then engagements and bridal sessions that go along with that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys are just, I mean, you've seen such... Uh, success. I mean, that's why we're sitting down together. You're, you guys are really blown up in, a, in an awesome way and your work is so beautiful. And now you're in, isn't it crazy to think that now you're actually like educating others and you're, you're teaching others. And I just think it's, uh, it really is incredible. And what you said, I resonate so strongly with in regards to like, when you are, when you throw yourself all in, you have to make it work. There's no other option. You know, it really is a sink or swim type of scenario. Uh, one of our um, members of the six figure photography community actually asked this question of like, you know, w- when did you know, like when you wanted to jump in, like to go completely full time? Um, and uh, how did <laughs> how did you make that transition? And I love what you said, 12 weddings, and then you, then you were just gonna go. I think creating that type of a, uh, like a point, you know, that, you know, like, this is it, you know, this is going to be the time for me. It was once I had, uh, I had like three months worth of like living expenses in the bank as my, as my much more responsible than our, the way that we kind of thought about it and that it's, we had no clue again, what we were doing back then. 
Um, but I was like, okay, 12 weddings would equal close to what Kat's salary was. At the same time, I was thinking, we're not going to book 12 weddings in like a year or in two years. I'm like, we've got plenty of time to figure this out. I was just trying to be supportive of Kat because she's like, hey, I want to quit my job and work full time for the business because you need me. I'm like, okay, well, let's do it, you know, in 12 weddings. So I'm thinking that's 24 months away. Like, we'll figure the rest of it out between now and then. But it came a lot quicker than what we thought it would. I think the decision to go full time is very similar to what I've heard people talk about in terms of knowing um, as a husband and wife when it's time to have a kid, which we don't have any kids. So this will tell you where we're at in that that curve but um they say like well if you wait until you have enough money or enough time or whatever you're never going to do it so that's kind of how how we approached going full-time i was like look if we wait until we have enough money saved up we think or we have enough weddings on the books like we'll probably never feel secure to do it so we have to just you know take the floaties off and jump and um and we we knew we were willing to hustle like to try our best to to hustle and do the work to grow our business and um man every day we have to keep hustling that's just the the brass tacks of it but um it's it's been really really fun and we've been really 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 blessed we think it's awesome. I feel like there's a great like contraceptive joke to make here about the analogy, <laughs> but I, I just get, I probably shouldn't say it. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> you guys, I want to rewind a little bit here. One of my favorite things about you two, uh, your business and your work is, well, it's you two. It's your relationship and your dynamic. And I want to know, and actually someone in the uh, community actually asked Victor, he wanted to know, how did you guys meet? Um, so bullet points, tell me uh, a little bit about how you guys met. Yeah, so we both grew up in 4-H and FFA and showing cattle. Um, and there's a mutual friend that Kat and I share. She's from Indiana. Um, and there's a breed of cattle called Shorthorn or named Shorthorn, whatever the proper terms would be. Um, and I had a Shorthorn steer that I wanted to take to this big junior national show in South Dakota. Um, every year the breed has this huge show where everybody from the U.S. comes. So I was in the truck and trailer with Allison, our friend and her family, went to South Dakota, and she knew Cap from being on the Shorthorn Junior Board together. So we were hanging out together, but the way that Cap always explains it was that she always told Allison that Allison should date me. Well, I, yeah, I would always say to my friend, whenever I found out that Luke was kind of in her circle, I was like, you should really date that Luke guy. He's so funny. He's so cute, blah, blah, blah. Because, I, I mean, realistically, I was from Texas. He was from Indiana. I didn't really ever think that that would happen for us. And uh, just my friend was always like, no, he's more of my brother's friend. Like, I don't think so. Well, then, um, turns out, like, Luke's going to lie and say this isn't the what? case. But he was like... Um, in the early stages of our relationship, he would always say that he had a big crush on me from the first time he met me. And I was like, no, people don't get crushes on me. I'm like, I get crushes on people. And then they're like, no, we're friends. But um, he had a crush on me, which is funny. Weird. The truth is Kat couldn't keep her hands off of me. So, <laughs> uh, so we met there the at show. that cattle show. Um, and then Facebook was very new at the time. MSN Messenger was, you know, awesome. So somehow I got Kat's MSN Messenger info, and we would just talk at random times when like we'd both log in, and it would say like V8 Catherine is online, and we'd talk and visit about things. <laughs> then about was it five years later, the Indiana State Fair? No, it was one year later. Sorry, one year. Time flies. Well, I'm, fun. <laughs> I'm gonna give the really rich version of. My dad is like a, a judge for cattle shows, and we had we had gone. I had gone to the Indiana State Fair with my dad. My dad was judging, um, and I passed Luke in the barn, and I was like, "Hey, I know him." And so I stopped and I was talking to him, and he was um, out washing a bull, and I was just making conversation, and I was like, "Wow, those are really big bulls," and talking about the bull and. Uh, <laughs> Luke was like, thanks, I get that a lot. And I, but anyway, I mean, really, that was kind of like when we really started liking each other. And then, of course, we were, it's complicated on Facebook for a while, which is hilarious. And, uh, and then finally, um, then the rest is history. Luke came to Texas A&M on a livestock judging scholarship. 
And then that's only two hours away from where I live, and I had gone to A&M as well. So then, like, really, once he got to Texas, he was he was here for the long haul. That's true. Yeah. Wow, that was a long story. I know, and it seems like all we do is talk about cows. And I, <laughs> I know, every time I ask a question, I'm going to ask you a question about, like, how do you get clients? And you're going to be like, well, Ben, it starts with the cattle. It really <laughs> does. It does. And that's whenever, like, we have, like, high tone, like, Houston brides walk in, and they see our degrees on the wall are from A&M in animal science. They're like, what is animal science, and why are you taking my pictures? Like, this makes no sense. So then we have to go back to cat admiring the big balls on the wash rack and all of this stuff. And so, yes, a bunch of our story is very deeply rooted in agriculture. <laughs> That's awesome. So I do actually want to begin to talk a little bit more about, um, about clients and about how you find them. It, it's always a question that gets brought up um, within the photography community of attracting new leads, getting clients in the door. We just did a poll recently. Um, we asked hundreds of photographers and had a massive response. And we asked them, you know, what, what are the, the main ways that you receive your inquiries? And uh, a resounding amount, I mean, 59%, close to 60, all said word of mouth. And I want to hear uh, from you two, how, how do you get your name out there? How do you get clients in the door? I mean, to. I didn't want to talk. You go. I didn't want to talk over you. To completely agree with what the majority said, word of mouth is all that Kat and I do. We have done some traditional advertising in the past, and we'll talk about that later. It was a huge waste of money. Waste of money, and it got us nothing, um, and it was just awful. So, um, but what we knew, and the way that we kind of got to this, was originally. When we started our business, we were our little ranch photography. Sounds hokey. We're embarrassed of it now, but that's what it was because we have like a little portion fenced off around our house of the big ranch. So we'd always say like, we don't know what's happening on your side of the ranch, but over on our little ranch, we're eating Oreos as the cows walk by or some random thing like that. So it just stuck. But the number one thing that we realized was everybody wasn't calling us by our little ranch photography. They're like, you have to get Luke and Kat. Or anytime people would actually meet with us in person, that's when they would hire us. So we knew that us, that Luke and Kat, Kat and Luke, were the things that we needed to be selling. Um, so when we focused on that and kind of had that realization that we are kind of what our business is, we're not, you know, part of this other company. Um, then we were able to start really connecting with those right type of clients for us. They're people that are just like us. Um, and then really, I think anybody who watches this will agree, when you love a product or when you love people or anything, you can't help but talk about it. So when we're just our normal selves and get those right people in the door by being like genuine and authentic to us, then those people go out and tell their friends who are just like them and just like us about Luke and Cat photography or about us. And that's kind of just this, you know, I wish I had a really good answer. Like, oh, we do X, Y, and Z to get these word of mouth referrals, but we, we don't. We it's just, a lot, yeah, honestly, our word of mouth referrals come about in such a, they unfold in such an organic way just by go. us um, being really, true to ourselves and um, making sure that um, we let people see the real versions of us. Like, uh, for example, whenever whenever we're on an engagement shoot, if I step in a pile of cow crap, I might say a bad word. And that's okay because I'm not, I'm willing to be real with our clients. And then in turn, I find that they're willing to be real with us and they let us in on really intimate moments and we get great pictures. But then they remember that experience they had with us, both our client experience, gifts and things like that, but also the moments where we're taking their pictures and we laugh together or in some cases we cry together, things like that. They can't help but talk about us to their friends. and. As far as the name change goes, it's a lot easier to talk about somebody's name rather than their business, we felt like. So it was so easy for people to say, well, you've got to get Luke and Cat. We love them. Um, it, it's no different than if I were coming to Ohio and I were looking for a really good steakhouse to eat at that wasn't, you know, a, a chain like Texas Roadhouse. I would really text you and be like, hey, Ben, um, where should we eat? We're coming through. Where is a good place? And I'm going to go 100% of the time with 
a friend's referral of a place to eat in their hometown rather than Yelp, even though I love Yelp. And yeah. so we wanted to create the same type of experience in our business where people would ask their friend, hey, who did you get for your wedding photographer? And then they would say, like, you've got to get Luke and Kat. Yeah. One way that we do get word of mouth referrals, it sounds obvious, but I think we were scared at the very beginning to ask for it. But we have a brides group on Facebook that has all of our past brides in it. And we'll go in there and just ask, like say, hey guys, do you know anybody who's recently engaged that you'd love to tell you know, them about us? Or when we're out on an engagement session, for like, hey, you, know, you seem to be loving this engagement session and what we're doing. Are there any of your friends that you think would like this similar thing? Mm -hmm. You know, I think so many times we try to figure out all of these other things to do to stimulate those word of mouth referrals, aside from just asking for them. And asking for them is the cheapest thing you can do because it doesn't require gifts or anything else. Right. Just say, hey, is there anybody you know that we should connect with? We have one bride who, um, she's just been incredible for us. We shot her wedding back in 2012, and I think we can trace like eight referrals that, that stem from her, whether it's her or bridesmaids or things of that nature. But when she has a friend get engaged, without us ever asking for her to do this, um, she will email them and us copied together and be like, hey, I want you to meet my wedding photographers. Um, I bet that they're going to send you something in the mail, so reply back with your address. And we're, at first we were like, what are you talking about? Not and sending she's, them anything she's, in the like, mail. she's like, just send, them, just send them, you know, you're good at it. And so then really when she does that, we just write them a note and drop an issue of Southern, Southern Weddings Magazine, because we love that, in the mail and say like, hey, we'd love to talk to you. We're Houston Wedding Photographers, whatever. That has turned into some great business for us, and we never asked her to do it. She just is chomping at the bit to make this little matchup for us. That is so cool. I love that. I want that, Brian. Give me that, Brian. <laughs> that is so awesome, you guys. Hey, you brought up something there that I want to ask more about. Um, you, you just like touched on it, but I think it. I think it's really powerful. So you have, uh, you mentioned a Facebook group of all of your current and past brides. Tell me more about that. Oh, okay. So this, um, I don't think we're the first ones to do it by any means, but we have a group. And I would say, because I'm sure a lot of people that watch this are going to think that, uh, at one point I was like, well, I don't know that we have enough brides. I think we started it when we had something like maybe 45 brides in there. And I was like, that's not an impressive number. That's not a big group. I don't want them to get in there and think there's not enough. But from the beginning, it's been great. And what we use the group for is um, building this community of like our brides to share their experience with each other, whether it be like, hey, what type of DJ should I get? Um, things of that nature. But then we also, I also share a lot of stuff that's like just marriage building type stuff in there. Um, we used the bride group, the best usage we've used it for our business was we created like a poll, a survey, and posted in that group and said like, and this was scary. It was not, terrifying. It was scary. It was, it was terrifying. It was an anonymous survey and we said, you know, we want to get your feedback from your experience with us. And we had all kinds of questions on there, um, but the one that really changed everything for us is we said like, you know, what is one thing that we could have done differently? And I was thinking, like, man, we're going to get some some mean stuff because it's anonymous. It wasn't mean at all. At the time, we were all, like, a la carte based, um, build-as-you-go type photography uh, packages. We didn't have a package. Um, and I would say an, an overwhelming amount of our brides said that they wanted some type of a package that was more like a um, leather seat, sunroof, like, drive off the lot, ready to go. Um, so a, a really, like, a high up all-inclusive type package and we were like well they say they want that but I don't know if they really can afford that like if they saw the price tag but then we just listened to that group we created that package and then we booked that package all the time now and that's something we would have never known or even had the confidence to go out and ask for if we wouldn't have got that feedback from that group yeah, so because our philosophy has always been um, that we wanted to kind of have our price point low them get to know Luke and Kat and then realize that our value is so much more and then they'll add on things as they go through this process like with a us. Album. Like a bigger album or wedding day digital files or anything like that. But we wanted to get them in the door, then wind them and dine them afterwards because we thought they didn't know anything about us and about you know our philosophy and things like that. 
Um, and so when Kat says we asked our brides, I think that that's something I haven't heard very many people do. I know people like photographers learn from other photographers, which is all fine and dandy, but I think the knowledge and the input that the actual brides that have hired us and worked with us have is so much more valuable than somebody else telling you what you should do, you know, because they're saying, here's what we wanted. So when they said we wanted that all inclusive package at the very beginning, we created one that had all of the, I mean, it was, we just looked at what does everybody end up with and created it. And then of course, like I said, we were like, no one's going to buy this. Like it's just too high of a price tag. I mean, we felt like people would get to that point, but they needed to get to it in small increments over our year of being involved with them. But um, actually one of our brides in the survey put it very simply that when you buy a Cadillac, you don't want to have to take it back to the dealership to get cruise control added. And I was like, okay, I get that. So once we started offering it, we book it all the time. We found that our referrals have increased from it because no longer are we having to continually sell to our clients. We sell at the beginning and then the rest of the time we just provide a great experience and this sounds totally corny, but love them up and um, they go out and refer the heck out of us. Yeah. So like talking specific numbers right quick, you can get us to shoot your wedding. You can get looking at shoot your wedding for 4,000. That's what our, you know, coverage starts at. Our all-inclusive starts at 8,600. Well, what we realized is by doing this, we took our average booking from 4,000 to 8,600. And then like Kat said, there's no sales afterwards. There's none of that awkward interaction of us trying to sell them or to get their money. It's all done at the beginning. And then the rest of the time is just us having a good time with our clients. That's awesome, you guys. Yeah, that's really sweet. So you've talked a lot about service, and I love how you said, like, loving them up. <laughs> that's so good. Um, I mean, that's what we do. It's like 50% of our job is to provide an amazing experience for our clients. So um, tell me a little bit about some of the ways that that you guys um, that you guys do that, that you, that you go the extra mile. I thought you were going to say that you love them up. I know. I was totally going to say it, and I wanted to say feel. <laughs> And then love and then uh. well, I know what you're saying that 50% of what we offer is service based. I don't want to like disagree with you, but we'll just have a little healthy debate. <laughs> sure. Yes, read a book called Rework. If you haven't read Rework, buy it now, quit what you're doing, and read it. It was what I'm doing right now. Okay, guys. Like, we'll come back in a week after you've got it from Amazon Prime. You can read it and then we'll visit about it. But one of the things that it talks about in the book is focusing on your epicenter. And the, the if I could talk, <laughs> the example they gave was a hot dog cart. The epicenter of a hot dog cart is the hot dog. Because without the hot dog. Yeah, what he's meaning to say is the weenie, but he's trying I'm to not, avoid Yes, the weenie. actual meat product because the fancy <laughs> bun, the relish, the ketchup, the fancy cart, none of that would exist if you don't have the weenie, <laughs> the hot dog. Um, so when Kat and I read that, we knew that the epicenter of, ep epicenter of our business was always going to be great wedding photography, great wedding photos. Yes. So once we read that, we really focused that our number one thing that we offer is great wedding images. An exceptional experience is part of that, but without those images, we don't have a business. And I think when we were back in the, our little ranch days, we were trying to minimize the photography side of things because those, like our craft wasn't where we wanted it to be, and instead trying to sell this wonderful experience. But when we kind of flipped the switch on that and realized that we have to provide great photos. That is the number one thing that our brides and grooms are hiring us for. If we don't give them any gifts, if we don't write them any notes, that is what they've hired us for. This other stuff is just kind of gilding the lily. Yeah, it's just like the the ketchup and the mm -hmm. mustard, but it's very important because now yes. I don't, I personally don't like a hot dog without ketchup. <laughs> so um, we we do we from the beginning we wanted to give our people a great experience, but I really don't think it ever came from a place of we're going to give them a great experience so they'll refer us. Um, we wanted to give, we want to give our people a great experience because um, we're just so thankful for them. Um, I, when we talked earlier about, you know, the decision to be full-time in our business, um, 
there's people, I can name people by name that are responsible for us being able to follow that dream. And those names are our brides and grooms. Like they are the reason we're able to do what we want to do. And so um, our experience and, and the gifts we give them and the notes we send them, um, it's all based on the fact that we're just so grateful for them. Um, and by coming from that place, I, don't, I think they know that from the beginning that everything we give them comes from such a genuine place. Um, we started out with our client experience being 100% no cost, which was really, uh, we just started out by writing them notes. And that that really, it was small, it was something small we did. We wrote all the notes at the very beginning, and then, um, this sounds really technical, but in the corner where the stamp goes, we would put the date that they would get sent out. We would know on the calendar, like, these are going to go out in October. And then um, we just grab them out of a recipe box in October and send all the October ones out. But we did all of that the day someone would book us. We'd have their entire experience planned, um, which at that time was only notes. Um, as people, as we raise our prices, every time we raise our prices, or every time someone invests in us, so if they add on a bridal session or something like that, we have an experience that matches that. So when we raise our when we raise our prices. We've gone from just handwritten notes to welcome gifts, welcome packets. Um, mm -hmm. Or increase like the quality of our notes. We don't get a big pack at Big Lots <laughs> or Hobby Lobby anymore. We have actual letterpress cards, you know, that are very nice. They're calligraphed on the front. Um, anything we could kind of just up the ante a little bit. Um, and so the way that we've always came up with these gifts, it's not photography-based gifts because, like Kat said, we want to be genuine. They are like ways of us to express gratitude towards our clients. And if we're just giving them photography-based stuff, if we're just giving them prints, that's kind of like obvious. So when we get to know our couples, we get to know the things that are meaningful to them. If they say, you know, they love going to this concert and that's where they first met or where he proposed, if that concert comes around again, we'll try to get them tickets to that. Or we'll try to get them, you know, like a CD or if they like albums, something like that that's very personal to them. Um, and we've always had the figure, regardless of how much we charge or what our packages cost, that we're going to spend 10% back on our couples. That's always been a way that we've, we've kind of made our budget for our client experience. So 10% is a good base point. And the same thing with the add-ons. The add-on of bridal session with us, that's $500. So then we have $50 that we would spend on a gift for them. So, okay, there's a lot to unpack there, like a ton to unpack. Um, I'm trying to think about even where to begin with this. So um, my mind is going and it's thinking about numbers right now, which I want to get to in a minute. Um, but let's rewind. And, and I, like, I like this idea that you said, whenever they increase their value and their commitment to you, you reward that with with uh something in return and so maybe let me ask you a question at like a, an example so let's say i hire you um and then i decide that i want to add on an, an engagement shoot um so uh six months in once i add that on you guys then um kick back and send me something in return or how does that play out so it works either before or after kind of it's not like we shoot engagement session that they've added on and then we do x afterwards it's we know they've invested more in us so we want to invest more in them so for the engagement session a natural and we don't we don't do the same thing for everybody we kind of have um i would say a skeleton of our client experience but then we want everybody's experience to be somewhat unique to them so uh, for an engagement session, we would maybe design um, a soft cover book and send them as a surprise. We love Richard. Richard Photo Lab has great soft cover books that we like to use. Um, or we also, it, depending on what the images look like from their engagement session and the timing, um, we love to get a canvas and put that out at their gift table at the wedding. So it's never like, oh good, you've bought the engagement session, now you have a $50 credit with us or whatever. It's not really like that. It's more like, I don't want them to be able to trace it back to this is my exact payback for buying an engagement session. We want to just be able to surprise them, but then also um, reassure them that they made a good investment in us. So something like a soft cover book or a canvas. Or we send out a questionnaire that um, they can answer tons of questions on 
And we can look through that and let's say they have a pet. We have two English Bulldogs that we are absolutely crazy about. So we might send them a little gift basket full of like pet toys for their dog or a, you know, a um, gift card to like Petco and write a little note that says like, go have like a date with your dog or whoever, you know, whatever the case may be. Just little things that if we can be unique and personal to them, we definitely want to be. Um, or if, you know, or if it matches our tangible based business, um, we like, we, we are tangible based. And so, um, most of our couples invest in tangible products, but if they don't, I'm, I'm always happy to go ahead and, and make that investment for them, um, in the client experience. Yeah. So, um, this is neat. Uh, okay. So I guess I want to ask questions a, a little bit more about like managing this, because to me, it's a little daunting. The idea of thinking about, um, thinking through the, the things that, um, connect you personally to each client, you know, like writing down those notes. And so, um, I think you kind of touched on it with this questionnaire, but maybe you can unpack a little bit more. So I'm curious about that. And then also, um, do you have any like tools or things that help you guys manage this stuff or like vendors that you like to go through? I mean, I'm just thinking about the daunting task of like, oh, this person likes chihuahuas. Um, I'm going to go spend two hours of my day researching a place that I can send them a chihuahua basket. Of, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like to no, me, I just no, feel like I, oh my God, that, is, that is so much commitment and time and yes. money. <laughs> So the, we book all of our couples over the phone, and then before we'll officially put their date on our calendar. Not are their engagement session on our calendar? Correct. Before we'll schedule anything further, they have to come to our house for a meet and greet. Um, so when they're here, or when I'm on the phone with them, I have a little piece of paper, and it could just be a random post-it note, you know, whatever the case may be. But I'm writing down little things about them, or little things we've talked about. So I don't want to say that my memory is great because it's definitely not. But when they come for the meet and greet, five minutes before they get here, I can pull out my little note sheet and say, oh, this is what we talked about. I remember, you know, this unique little thing. So it gives us a few little connection points. We can put this all in a Google Doc. We can put it in a manila folder, like keep it somewhere. Then we can always reference that when it comes time to gift them something. So it's really, man, what you're describing, I know, because I am the least organized person in the world most of the time, but um, it's nothing fancy. I'm pretty sure it's free. We have a Google Doc that we have all of our brides listed um, that basically, um, I know there's probably software that does this, but Google Docs is what we use for it. It's I just Google Docs. Just, I, I throw in a vote for Google Docs. Yes. It's yes. just one um, a, a spreadsheet in Google Docs. We have all of our brides listed. Um, and the way it's set up, it's like their first names, uh, their married last name, and then it lists out all of the experience and the dates and what when I have to do stuff. But as much as I can do the t at the exact time they book us, I go ahead and do that. So for example, when we talked about vendors that make this easier, for our welcome gift, we send cookies from, you might know this because you're from Ohio, a bakery called Cheryl's. Yeah, I freaking love Cheryl's. I yes. know. So Cheryl's has a like a business gift services that we have used from the very first, this was after the notes, this was our next gift we started including, but they will send out cookies to your clients in this beautiful tin that they have your logo on. It looks really professional. And... Um, it's so simple. All we have, it includes a note. You, you get it all set up where um, they will include the note. So our gift is like 12 white buttercream frosted cookies in a tin with our logo on the, on the top of it. And it, it has some note that says like, love is sweet, but you know, I don't know. It's something corny we've got on there that we really like that I wrote. But um, anyway, uh, it's, it sounds daunting. All I do is I email my gift consultant at Cheryl's I send an email, all it says in the subject is cookie order, and I put their address, and that is it. It's taken care of. They bill our credit card. It's something like $16. That is so cheap, and it makes, like, they handle everything. Then our clients get it, they Instagram it, and, like, we're already out of the gate with a really good experience that was super simple because all they had to do was copy and paste their address from ShootCue, and they booked us. That's it, you know. Yeah, and I know it sounds, it is daunting when, like, if we print out our entire experience from start to finish, 
it is like two pages, two columns of everything that's in there. We did not have that at the very beginning. It is something we have worked towards. Like Kat said earlier, we started solely with notes. That was it. We got that figured out. Then we are like, okay, we can add something on here now. Because if we would have tried to do that from the very beginning, we would have failed. There's no way we could have done it. It had been so much for us to like try to think about. We'd be like, we're not doing anything. Like we'll worry about that next weekend or whatever. So we have like a set gift that we give at every engagement session and a set gift that we give at every bridal session. And the engagement session is like a marriage book and the bridal session is like a, the newlywed cookbook. And so we have a closet full of those books and it's not, I mean, that's not hard to do. We just know like we have an engagement session. We need to wrap a book. We need to put from the kitchen of Luke and Kat and then put their names and then it, it's ready to go. But it's something that makes a big difference. And it's a great way to end, to end the session to be like, oh, also we have something for you guys. And it's, it never fails. By the time we get to the bridal session, they're like, you give us stuff all the time. And we're like, I know because we really like you. Like we do. We want them to know that. We want them to always feel really well taken care of um like just just like you know when you go to a really nice steakhouse and they put the napkin in your lap you're like oh well that's how i want our people to feel you know i wanted yeah. to feel really 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 spoiled we had one bride that spent a lot of money with us um and on the day of her wedding we brought a surprise gift canvas and put it on the gift table with this little note she saw it and was like guys listen she was like I don't know how you guys make any money because you've given us these gifts all of the time. And we knew that we haven't spent that much on gifts for them. It's about 10%, like we said, but the value of those is so much more than what we even realize it is. And that's when she said that we were like, okay, like this is really working. This is something that we need to make sure that we continue. Yeah. That's wild, you guys. Um, so I want to talk about that, though, because numerically, I mean, I, I did a little bit of the numbers here. So if, if a majority of our couples are spending around that 8,000 point, 8,600 is that collection. So 10% is $860 a client. So then I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. So then, you know, let's say you do three clients a month. We're at like two, over 2,500. We do 15 weddings a year. So oh, wow. That's awesome. That's it. That's so good. Um, and <laughs> if you want to think about, here's the other thing to think about with that $800 figure, because believe me, um, we went there too. Whenever we were like, okay, we're going to do 10%. For us, we aren't wanting to have like a one year relationship with our clients. We're not wanting the last time we spoil them and surprise them to be when we are done with them shooting their wedding. So right, well, I hope none of you are watching this, but right now we've got, we've got a whole room in our house with a huge project we've been working on for all of our past clients to surprise them that again, we, we've got people who we shot their wedding three years ago that are going to get something from us. Um, so it's more of a lifetime spend. Um, and we just know that we're going to surprise them at Christmas. We send them stuff on their anniversary. We send them stuff. Um, so we just have that budget that we know, okay, well, we might get there year four of their marriage. Um, because I think it would be definitely a little overkill with some of our all-inclusive brides to say like, okay, well, we got to get up to the 10% mark. So here's Here, a gift card to Target. We'll buy you a car. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we think of it more as a, as a lifetime investment in them. So man, I got to go back at this. Luke, you, you started this off being like, look, it's about the weenie. It's about the weenie. <laughs> After hearing all this, I'm calling shenanigans, man. Like, I understand that you guys make really great work and your weenie is cooked to perfection. Thank you. But uh, everything that you're doing, it really, this is, this is 50%. I mean, it really is. And I don't want to, I don't think that that number should uh, make your work like be cut short. And then maybe that's the problem. I think a lot of photographers think about that idea of like, if I just provide a service of a service of a service, right. like then I don't need to make good work. And I think that's bullshit. But I think that uh, the reality is you guys are getting so much experience. And I think that's the answer he was trying yes. to get across. That basically I think there's, there's kind of two camps of photographers nowadays. It's the personality experience driven photographers 
and then there's the you know artists and the craft-based photographers and I think that there is definitely a return and at least the brides that we serve um, they are really wanting a photographer that is passionate about their craft someone who has great work someone who knows what they're doing and I think that's what he was trying to touch on yeah. that, um, I mean I, I think the expression is like you 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 can't market a you can't, product. well, we always say you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> I mean, even if you are in like this gorgeous, you know, mansion eating not good food, you would remember the horrible food, not the atmosphere right. in which you are eating it in. So if someone said, you guys have the option to keep doing what you're doing with your experience or, and keep doing what you're doing with your experience and your craft is gonna go by the wayside, or focus on your images and not have the time to do everything else, we'd always pick our images. That's not to say that we still don't focus on the other stuff, but if push comes to shove, if we're incredibly busy, or if we don't have the time to send out note cards or something like that because we're shooting and editing images or whatever the case may be, our main priority is always gonna be on the images. Yeah, I love this, man. If anybody, like, the people who don't listen to this are going to be so missing out. This is so good. Awesome. Okay, what were you about to say, Kat? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I, I mean, I just think that um, we, at the end of the day, I, I think that if, if we give our clients this great experience and we give them really, really good, timeless images, they can't help but talk about us to their friends. They can't help but sing our praises. Um, but if you remove any of those elements, they aren't going to talk about us. They aren't going to sing our praises. So um, we can give them great images and a, a bad experience or, or a non-brand-worthy experience. And they're probably just going to be like, yeah, my photos were good. That's the end. Um, we, we can do the reverse of that. We can give them a fantastic experience and a bunch of crappy photos, and they're also not going to refer us. No. So I think they have to go hand in hand, but um, we we definitely, we're total um, believers in that you, you've got to keep improving your craft. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. Um, well, I want to ask you all kinds of questions about your craft now and your work and all that stuff, but I feel like we should stay focused here. And so we'll have to save that for another time. Um, but just hear me out, just the stuff that you guys are creating. I, I love it. I, I love, I love that you're on the context and just the quality that you're getting from that. It's so, so beautiful. Um, well, I guess I want to maybe uh, end up with a, a couple final questions here. Um, are there any, are there any tools? Any applications or software or companies or things and stuff that you feel like you couldn't imagine doing your business without and that maybe not very many people are using? Ooh, that's oh, man. tricky because I know everybody wants like the like key to overnight success or like <laughs> well, I'm not asking that, but even if it's a little thing. thing. I know I'm trying to think well. Of um, obvious, we've talked a lot about being tangible based. Um, from the very beginning in our business, we wanted to have album, we wanted to include albums, but album design and album ordering was something that, um, was really daunting and time consuming and draining. And, um, it, it just, we knew we wanted to include them. We knew for our pricing, we needed to include them. We wanted to be able to have albums in there and sell albums to our couples we couldn't afford not to sell albums that's how we always have looked at it um, and um, so the combination that we have now that works so well for us that allows us to get albums to people so quickly is we use smart albums to design our albums and it's simple and fast and then we print those albums through kiss also totally simple to order it's like easy, easy. There's no complicated FTP ordering or order forms or anything like that. And I mean, as far as making a big difference in our bottom line, being able to easily sell design and sell and, and uh, order albums has been a huge game changer for us. The thing I was trying to think as Kat was talking on like what little bit of wisdom I could share, but I think instead of trying to focus on certain products or saying like, oh, so-and-so blogged about this management software and it works great for them. I'm going to make that work for me mm -hmm. is instead, don't be afraid to say that's not right for me. That does not work for us because there's plenty of things that Kat and I have tried that thousands of photographers use 
but we don't like it. Right. It there's... doesn't work for us. And I'm not going to try to make what we want, like try to mold that into something else. Instead, we'll keep trying new things and figuring out what works for us. And for us, the best client management software available is Google Docs or an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> like that's what works for us. So we're not going to try to say, oh, we're going to, you know, try X. try X or do this or, oh, so-and-so said we should do this. Let's change everything and adapt towards that. Instead, we're like, hey, we're a looping cat. We live out here in the sticks with not very high-speed internet if our audio or like if we're like all herky-jerky. So we just have to find things that work for us and not be ashamed of that. Yeah, and just to expand on that, and he touched on it, um, a lot of times people have asked us like, um, well, can, what, what advice do you have for us about blogging? That is a great example of something that doesn't work for us. We're not big on having a blog every day or even every week. Like when we have something to share, we share it. When we don't, we don't. Because that's just never been a big part of our business. I never wanted to just get on the blog and, and toot the horn because I needed to because it was a Tuesday. Um, so <laughs> just find what works. And if it doesn't work and if you've tried your best to make it work, just dedicate your time to something else. I love you guys. That's that's fantastic advice. It really it really is amazing advice. Well, okay, I've got uh, two final questions. One real one. The other one is is not a real one. Um, we opened up uh, the opportunity for the six figure community to ask you guys any questions. We're going to give out a little prize here. But um, Valerie ended up winning. I think she had a great question to ask, and so uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask this for you guys on her behalf. Um, but she wanted to know. Um, well, let me just read the exact question. When starting out in your business, did you ever undercut yourself because you didn't think you had enough experience um, to charge your full worth? Um, and if so, how did you finally break out of that and and chart in, and start increasing your prices uh, and charging more what you're worth? So <laughs> that is an excellent question. Um, and I don't think intentionally we ever undercut ourselves but when we first started out we based like our pricing and what we included off of what other photographers around us were doing but we realized really quickly that even if we have the same money coming in our money going out our expenses are way different than what everybody else is doing so when we put the pencil to it we realized we were making like maybe $100 profit per wedding by the time we did everything, had, you know, albums ordered and stuff like that. Um, and when we realized that, then we are like, okay, we've got to figure out what works for Luke and Kat because what works for, you know, Joe and Sue down the road is not going to work for us. Joe so and Sue photography are so pissed right now. I know, I know. Sorry, <laughs> Joe and Sue. Um, Whoever they are. Whoever Joe and Sue photography are. Yes, we didn't ever intentionally undercut ourselves but we had no clue what we were doing. So we were doing that anyway, but just by being ignorant about a business that we thought we were running. Well, and just to take it another direction with that question, um, I think there's been, there's definitely been times where clients have asked us to make special concessions for them. Yes. Whether it be, um, we're having a, we, we really don't need you there for many hours or, you know, we're having an elopement, but in fact, when you get there, it's not an elopement. Or someone who says, I really don't want that album that's included in the package. Can I trade that for digital files? Um, things that no matter what it was, they wanted to make a deal before they hire us. And um, the longer we're in our business, and yes, we have made those deals before, we have learned that those were nightmare clients and we should not have accepted them. Um, there's an SNL like commercial, it's hilarious. If you ever watch it, it's called like Red Flag. And it would be the red flag is when they ask, when they ask us to change something or make a concession for them. And at the time, for whatever reason, whether we're wanting that, you know, retainer, that income coming in, we're like, sure, we'll do that. Uh, looking back, those have always been really problematic. So um, we don't, we want to say, we want people to say yes to us on our terms. We don't want to say yes on their terms because uh, a lot of times that ends up something we regret. Yes. And we, yes, we are photographers, but, and we have a photography business, but that is not our life. Our life is being able to 
stay up and watch Game of Thrones reruns until 3 a.m. and sleep till noon if we want to. Like that, our life is our number one concern. And when we've made these concessions before, we've realized that our life is what suffers. And for us, that's a, that's a right. no-go. That's not going to work. And so we've gotten to the point now where one of our friends, the best way that she could put it was, we're like Mrs. Doubtfire when they're going through the nanny interviews and she's like, I don't do laundry. I don't do dishes. I don't do newborns. I don't do this. We have found all of these things that we're not going to do by doing them initially, really now realizing it was a huge mistake. And so now when somebody says, can I swap the album for digital files? We just say no. no. Because eventually someone, um, we have found to, I don't know, if anybody else wants to get really interesting and look it up in their history, we found that when we accept, uh, if we say no to one of those clients who says, like, can we swap that, something like that, whatever the red flag may be, um, if we follow up, a lot of times we end up booking another couple that is fantastic on their date that are couples when we look back on our year, they're one of the highlights of our year. And I just really think that if you wait for the right people, they're going to come along and don't take up a place on your calendar just because someone's there wanting to hire you when someone better might come along. Yeah, I think in, I was looking at the questions that were underneath the post when you see free Saturday that we get to sit around at Cat's grandma's pool and do nothing all day. Um, so I definitely think that not being afraid to say no and like stand up for yourself and for your life is one of the biggest things that we could share with anybody. That's awesome. That's awesome advice. And I love your, your last thought there, Luke, because I know in the back of people's minds are saying, if I say no and they don't book, um, what am I going to do with that Saturday? Um, you're going to enjoy your life. You know, that's why we have businesses. Like I do, like dear Lord, I hope that you get to go enjoy your life and spend time with your friends. And your right. Family. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Okay, you guys, you guys just launched a workshop and um, fortunately slash unfortunately for everybody else, it's already sold out, but I just want to ask you guys a little bit more about this. Just give a quick little commercial for your workshop because while it's a, uh, while this one's sold out, there's going to be more and and I want our audience to to know more about what you guys are going to be doing and having this work because I am super jealous actually. <laughs> Confession, I'm jelly. Um, but tell us, tell us about it. Oh, well that piggybacks really well off what we were just talking about because our workshop is about building a business that supports the life that you really want. Um, and so what it is, Kat and I have actually never attended a workshop we just haven't. We've it's, also never, neither of us have ever second shot at wedding ever. We, I know, we're kind of unique in that. So we created this workshop as if it would be the workshop that we would want to attend. Um, it's an all-inclusive workshop here at the ranch. It's three days of learning and community with us and some of Houston's best wedding vendors. Every evening we're going to have a big style shoot out on the ranch. Um, it's going to be very casual. We're going to be in, you know, like our Luke and Cat t-shirts like we have yeah, now right and now. like shorts and yoga pants because that's what we do out here in the middle of nowhere. We're not trying to impress anybody and get all fancied up. Um, and it's very intimate. There's only 12 people. There's only 12 seats available um, for it because that's as many as our living room can hold. Um, but we really want to make sure that we get to know everybody and that the sense of community is established here. So when it's, you know, three o'clock in the morning and you're at home trying to figure out what should I do with this problem that I'm having, you have somebody to reach out to that, you know, personally, not trying to put it in a social media group or ask somebody else, you know, what is it that I should do? It's people that actually get to know you and can say, hey, I think this would be best for you. Yeah, we're just really excited. Um, five years from now, I hope that we look back and see that like this was the first workshop and now we've got this big community of people who are passionate about building businesses, like Luke said, that, that support the life you want. For us, you heard us say we, we shoot 15 weddings a year. We've shot, we've done years when we've had 30 weddings a year, but we just knew like ultimately our business exists to make our life better, not worse. And um, that's kind of what the community we're building is gonna be about. 
That sounds amazing. That sounds really incredible, you guys. Well, I'm, I'm super excited for the 12 that made it in this year and, and excited for everyone else who has the opportunity and luxury to, to spend time with you guys and to learn from you and just to hang out. You know, I love that you said yoga pants and, and tees. So. <laughs> and that's really all we wear all the time. If I could wear like t-shirt and shorts to a wedding, I know a brides and grooms would be cool with it, but I guarantee there'd be like a grandma or somebody to be like, wait, like that's your photographer. Um, but that's really that it's all we wear is looking cat t-shirts. Yeah, I have the camera strategi strategically placed right here because I'm, I'm wearing no pants. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm in yoga pants and Luke's in uh, fishing shorts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wait, fishing shorts or fishnet? fish and I don't do yoga. And... <laughs> Welcome to our life. That's awesome. Okay, you guys, well, my God, where can people find you? Where can people uh, follow more of your work, learn more about you too, and learn from you guys? Tell us. Yeah, so just go to lukeandcat.com, super simple, um, and it's got links to our blog, to our social media stuff, anywhere like that. Um, just, you know, you can find us basically anywhere. We're Instagram-aholics, um, so we're always putting things up there, and rarely on our blog like Kat said we'll maybe blog once a week or once every two weeks when we have something important to share um but yeah go to our website it's got our story on there it's got pictures of our wonderful bulldogs that we're absolutely nuts about um and then you can find all the other areas to learn more about looking cat we also send out a newsletter for photographers every two weeks and you can sign up for that at lcnewsletter.com so it's like luke cat newsletter but it's lcnewsletter.com very cool. You guys, thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time. Like, honestly, myself, I personally uh, have taken a ton from this, which I love. I love just continuing to learn and better ourselves and our businesses. And so I just want to thank you guys so much for being so open and generous with your time and your knowledge and your joy. Uh, this has been a great start to, uh, to the week. Yeah. No problem. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, we'll talk soon, guys. Thanks again. And um, yeah, this will be up on the blog. I can't wait. Perfect. Yeah. See y'all. Hang out there. I'm going to stop broadcasting here.